Where do people vent now? Right to Twitter. Yeah. Boom. I'm going to hit them hard. I want my response. I'm not going to wait. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up listeners? This is James Reynolds, your host, and welcome back to Traffic Jam, the show that teaches you how to get more traffic and build a profitable audience online. Now, I don't know whether you can detect it in my voice already, but I'm feeling very, very happy today. And that's because after weeks of frustration and torment, I finally fixed the issue of the broken iTunes feed. Yep. That's right. We're finally syndicating again to iTunes. So welcome back to you if you're an iTunes listener. Super happy to have you back here with me on the show. And as always, super grateful that you're taking the time out of your extra busy day to listen into Traffic Jam. Now, I should mention, if you have been away for a while, you should go and check your iTunes player because we've had several great episodes in the past few weeks I'd hate for you to miss out on. So if you are an iTunes listener and that is your preferred method of listening, do check your iTunes player to see what you might have missed. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So let's get back to today's show. In the hot seat, I've got Alex Cote, who's the guy behind the new and very innovative social media application called Close, C-L-O-Z or Z, depending on your dialect, E. Now, I'll be talking to Alex about how to engage the collective voice of your employees so that they can in turn engage on social media, your customers and prospects. I ask him about how to identify key profitable relationships on the web that will not just drive traffic, but will also drive sales. And I also ask him about how you can use productivity tools like Alex's application to leverage the time that you spend on social media much more effectively. So that's, of course, coming up in the interview section. And right after that, I've got this week's news in traffic, which, as you'll know, as a regular listener to Traffic Jam, is a roundup of everything that's been going on in the world of traffic generation in the past seven days. Then following that is the one minute traffic tip, which, let's face it, really needs no explanation, exactly what it says on the tin. And then to end the show, we have the Traffic Jam Jam. And rather appropriately this week, the band that Alex has chosen also has the word jam in its name. Does that give you any clues? Well, you might just have to wait until the end of the show to find out. Okay, so that's the roundup of what you've got coming up. Let's not wait any longer. Let's get started with the interview. And I'd like to introduce Alex Cote from Close.com. listener i'm james reynolds and right over there across from me on ye old interwebs is alex cote alex how are you i'm doing very well thanks for having me james well it's great to have you here 
Um, you, of course, have got this app called Close, which I've been test driving on David Amelin's recommendation. I'd love for you to share with our listener what the app does and how it all came about. Sure. Happy to do that. Uh, Close is one of those uh, products uh, was born out of a need of my own and my co-founder, uh, Dan Foody, as well. Um, both of us, busy professionals, out on the road a lot, traveling, events, meetings, all kinds of stuff that fills your day, um, getting bombarded through all the different channels that, have, that we, we use for business. You've got email, multiple email accounts, you've got social media, um, the rise of, of using social media for business, all of these things coming together very hard to keep track of all the different people that you need need to keep track of for, for business and for personal life. So with Close, what we did is we brought it all together into a single app. And what, what makes a difference is we bring it together, but we also do analytics on it. So we figure out through an algorithm that we have who matters to you most. So rather than seeing the content that's last in, you see the content from the most important people first. So we kind of flip it on its edge and say, we're going to focus on people, not time, but people and the relationships that you have with those people. So we have a, an inbox called Key People. And what you'll see in that inbox after you hook up close and we do our, our magic is that the most important people in your work life, personal life are at the top. And we give you some ways to customize that if you want to ramp somebody up or not. Dan and I are, uh, spend a lot of quality time because we run a startup together. And so our scores are higher with each other than our wives. So we, oh, <laughs> we've, we've how does that go down? Yeah, exactly. So we, we allow you to move that and, and rearrange <laughs> you to add other people. Um, but, you know, hope, you know, hopefully you communicate with your wife in person, not electronically. So it's not not the measure we're, we're going after. But <laughs> but you know, that's the mission of Close. Give you one place to go. Put it in your in your in the palm of your hand in your phone. Uh, it's also available on the Web, but you can get it on Android, um, iOS, so iPad, iPhone, um, Android devices and then the Web, too. So wherever you may be, you can tap into all of your relationships, all your contact information. But really also what's very important is what they're saying on those different channels. So an important tweet, it could be a, you know, an article they've shared, gives you that real good reason to engage and keep those relationships moving forward. Yeah, and this app's got a pretty fancy price tag as well, right? Yeah, it's, it's free. So uh, there we go. <laughs> a, lot of value, a lot of value for, uh, for free. And uh, you know, we will be coming out with some premium options very soon, actually. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's free and... Um, Got a lot of users on it and uh, been out for about a year now. We launched the iOS version uh, February of last year. Very cool. It, it seemed like a great opportune moment to get you on Traffic Jam because we've, we've kind of just come off the back of two interviews that I'd say really heralded the importance of social connectivity. There was um, the interview I did with David, of course, which talked about the people-driven semantic web. But I also had on just before that a guy called Mars Dorian, a really kind of creative um, genius. I'm going to give it that term because his, his stuff's fantastic. Out of Germany, who's built his whole brand really on the connections he's made and some really strategic targeted networking. I think both David's show and the show I did with Mars both highlighted that, in fact, where we're at now, we don't need millions of website visitors. We don't need thousands of customers or, or thousands of connections. We just need to have the, you know, the kind of the right high value relationships. Would you agree that that's really the case of where we're at right now? That's, that's a hundred percent accurate. We, you know, if you think about what you bring to a company, you bring your skills, but you bring your relationships as well. And those are the two big things. And, you know, we're almost free agents these days. We, we come and go, people don't stay at companies very long anymore. There isn't the lifetime employee in a lot of cases. And so 
and companies, you know, they seek out people who have these strong relationships, have these strong networks. When I, you know, started Close, Dan brings a ton of technical capabilities and his relationships in that world. I bring my relationships and my skills in marketing and PR, but I also bring my relationships in that space. So when we do go to launch, we show up in the right places. You know, we were in Wall Street Journal, we were in Time Magazine, mm-hmm. we were in the tech crunches of the world. Those relationships and you know my ability to navigate there are very important to getting an app off the ground. But you know, and equally, Dan's relationships on the technical side and getting everything going on that side and his relationships with investors and others all come together in, in one package. And so Employees are very much the same way at all levels and ranks. How are you bringing those in? How are you, you know, how are you talking to the outside world? And you know, and this is something that I've been getting more and more involved with um, as we've launched a new product in this space. How do you get employees also engaging and speaking about your brand and making sure that they're talking about relevant content through their social channels? Because if you think about how you're checked on, you know, if, you know, we start engaged. First thing you do is you check out their LinkedIn profile. You check out their G Plus profile. Yeah. You know, what are they talking about? Is it relevant to me? Do I want to know this person? Do I want to get to know this person better? A lot of that happens electronically these days, and those relationships can get you very far. And so, how do you build those? How do you mature them? Um, you know, as David, you know, as David's side of the world, the semantic web. If you think about the shift in uh, social media, you really do want employees sharing a lot of that content out there because it does help rank and get content that you're creating as a as a marketer out in front of the right audience. Yeah. I'm going to give Traffic Jam listeners a a bit of a taster of who's coming up. And I don't normally do this, but I think in the context of the conversation we're having, it's very relevant. Upcoming next show or two, I think, we've got Eric Enger and uh, Mark Trapphagen coming on. They're the guys from uh, Stone Temple Consulting. And I was listening to an interview that they were doing with a friend of mine, Ryan Hanley's, the other day. And um, really one of the major decisions that Eric hired Mark and and Mark being extremely well known in his space was the connections that Mark brought with him to the business and the natural authority that he held which essentially has now been transferred right over onto Eric's business too and I guess this is really the concept that you're talking about right which is the social power of the employees that you have within your business. Absolutely and you know because each one of those collectively has their own, you know, each one has their own personal brand. And as you start to bring all those together collectively, that starts to become the brand of the business. And that, that's really changed the model. So marketing, top executives, PR, we always try to control. Much control, more control, the better, right? Yeah. And so let's funnel everybody through this very, you know, sterile, controlled, you know, controlled advertising, controlled PR responses, controlled support channels. We're going to route you through very strict phone and web channels. Social media really changed that. Where do people vent now? Right to Twitter. Yeah. Boom. I'm going to hit them hard. I want my response. I'm not going to wait. If I got a problem, I'm going to complain. I'm going to complain on you know whatever service it might be. But then the flip side of that, they'll also do the other thing. And they'll, hey, this was great service. Everybody else should do it. Should use it. So they go. They go to their friends and family. They go to trusted peers for that content. You know, the control is gone. So as a marketer. As a you know, a senior executive running a business, you better embrace your employees and and help them, you know, help you in a lot of ways. So, you know, leverage those personal brands because oftentimes that there's experts within the organization that do have a significant following, and if you're not as a business looking at that as a potential point to let you know to get some leverage and get you know new customers and get them understanding, get them talking, 
is, you know, is the biggest thing, not just at the traditional events and that kind of stuff. You, you, you need them out there because they do shape your own brand yeah. as a business. Well, I've got two traffic agencies, so I'm very close to typically the, the marketing departments in my clients' businesses. And I would say that it is quite typical that either the marketing department or some form of outsourced provider typically manages, inverted commas, the, the social voice yeah. of those businesses. Is that the right approach i'm guessing what you're saying is that it probably isn't the right approach right yeah i mean it's a you know there's always going to be a component of the brand talking but i you know i look at it as that's kind of a you know a faceless you know brand right you know you don't really know who you're talking to on the other side of of that you know ink and you know incorporated you know social media account you know and i i as a person i'd rather engage with a real person i'd rather talk to you not talk to your social media you know your your company social media handles you know i want to know who's the person behind the curtain and you know if i look at it you know from just a pure amplification perspective if i've got 10,000 employees i'd rather have 10,000 people talking about my company you know internally exposing that great inside culture outside share those experiences because you're just going to touch more people naturally and you know i I think it's much more human um you know we talk about the humanization of brands you really got to embrace and say look i do want my employees and they may not be, you know, PR pros, but they're going to speak much more naturally and they're going to engage at a different level and they'll tell the truth. And I think we're seeing more and more respect for brands that are more transparent and, and willing to say when things are right, when things are wrong, they'll jump on it, but also get those people that are at the lower ranks engaged because, you know, frankly, it's just a better place to engage. I think you'll get yeah. the truth, whatever that may be, without the spin more often and you feel like you get your problem solved quicker if you do have an issue. Yeah, but I guess it is going to be easier for perhaps a business like yours or mine, which isn't necessarily a huge, you know, thousand or hundreds of thousands size of, of business in terms of staffing. How would a bigger company get staff members involved effectively that just going to give them some form of control and, and management. What would be your advice? Yeah, I, that's a very good point. Uh, it does matter on size of organization. And so as I talk to people, you know, I've talked to smaller organizations, a few people, and I've you know, been working with a client that's uh, starting to use us, that they've got hundreds of thousands of employees, and you start to look at the range of problems, you know, it's really different. You know, social media, we're, we're on 10 years plus now. And so organizations, when they first started writing these policies, were you know, don't use it for work. We don't want you on Facebook. We don't want you doing the stuff. Just keep doing your regular thing. We'll figure this social media thing out. You stay out of it. That's obviously changing. So policies are getting rewritten, which also means retraining. And so there's lots of implications there on that side. So what I've been recommending is you, if you're going to change policies, you need to really start at the top here. And, you know, you get your senior team, you get executives, others leading the way on how to use social media on behalf of the business. But as part of that, marketing can do some simple things. They can, you can set up a, and this is what we're doing with a new product of ours called Circulate It. We're providing a conduit, a very simple conduit that stays in the existing workflow of employees where they can, a marketer can curate interesting content, tee it up for them essentially, and then send out a daily newsletter of here's four or five things you can share with your social network that's relevant to the business. You know, two thirds of it isn't directly about the business, but it's about the industry. It helps shape their personal brand, so it gives a benefit back to the employee. But with a single button, they can share it out to their LinkedIn account, their Twitter account, their Facebook account. They look like they know what they're saying. They've done it in a controlled way. They spent 
a minute doing it at most. They click one button and it's out. You know, and it gives them leads them the path. And then as you evolve that, you can start to have fun with them. You can share interesting content that you know is a little different. But it starts getting into this routine habit of saying, okay, I'm going to share stuff on social media. And then what they'll start seeing is inbound content start inbound. You know, things start to happen. People start reaching out. They like something. Maybe a cut. You know, a prospect shows up. Ah, interesting. Okay, the social media thing works. So if you walk them through it simply, you know, and don't over try to, you know, boil the ocean, put a bunch of huge tools in front of them, say you're going to go through this, you know, you know, keep it simple, keep it in their existing workflow. You can get a lot of value in, in start getting those guys moving without having to do a boil the ocean kind of project. And, you know, so that's, that's my approach. Um, and, you know, and that, and that does seem to work for a lot of people. Yeah. And our businesses, seeing value or is there still some kind of element of fear towards really embracing social media because i still occasionally speak to businesses who are just like i'm not getting involved like you know we do not want our brand out there we do not want our staff members out there talking about the brand i still get the sense at least where i am in the the middle east it might be a little bit more developed for where you are in the u.s that there are certain companies that still are frightful of really getting involved in the social web would that be the case yeah, I think I think that's always going to be the case. I mean, I think you know, for there's fear, there's definitely fear of losing control. There's fear of what an employee might say. I look at it almost as an HR issue, though. Yeah. If you're hiring the right people that you trust, right? You know, you're trusting them to say the right thing in public. You're you know, you're trusting them when they're working with customers and prospects that they're going to represent your business correctly. So there is a yeah, a little bit of a common sense kind of approach here of if you're hiring the right group, in theory, they should be able to handle it. So. Yeah, training is reasonable and a reasonable expectation. Um, if you lead the lead them in the right path, they'll generally do the right thing. I think some percentage of employees just aren't comfortable and they'll opt out of it. That's fine. Yeah. I don't think you'll get a hundred percent. And you know, in certain industries too, if there's a regulation in it, you know, by country, there's different regulation on you know, especially financial services, um, places like that. You know, health, you know, healthcare providers, teachers and students, that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, those are places where there's going to be some, you know, other things you need to really think about how you're going to use social media or whether you should engage at all. But on the other side, if you're outside of regulated industries, you can lead them down the right path and they'll start getting to, you know, going down there. I think the only way to really win in in that kind of an environment, though, is you need to start small, start with a a small team. You start showing success. We're getting, we're actually tying it back to some kind of revenue. If you can bring back that to senior management, then they start to see it. Okay. There's a reason to do this. We'll start with our sales team. We'll start with you know very specific groups, and then we'll expand it out. Because yeah. there's no way they can ignore the customer service channel of social media. It's almost impossible these days to ignore that channel. You'll just you know you have to address it. You know that there's not that that's not really a negotiable kind of thing these days. I mean, unless you're seeing something different, it's unusual to see a brand these days without a, some kind of social media channel. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's no better way than to get the wrong thing said on social media than to tell people that they can't go on social media right i mean if you just dictate to your staff members no facebook no twitter i think that's probably a surefire way to to get the wrong conversations happening around your brand so it's going on right you've got to embrace it it's happening embrace it it's going to happen you know it's i had one person say well you know we we actually block all of these things at work so (laughs) don't they have an iphone you know they must have some kind of a you know everybody you know for the most part you're seeing smartphone adoption very high percent they have it. It's not like you're keeping them off of it. They're just yeah. going to open up, you know, their personal phone and use it there. So it just sends the, you know, to me it sends the wrong message. You know, I, I as I work with got with various 
you know, consultants and other organizations that are ramping companies up that haven't done it before, this kind of approach of let's feed them, let's drip them a little bit of content here and there to show them the path, you know, even carving out, here's a way to say it. Here are a couple options on how to, how to tweet. You know, it, you know, you've got to go to the basics. You know, I've talked to some very, very large organizations where they're saying, our sales guys just aren't even on LinkedIn yet. You know, so we're walking them through, you know, there's, there's that kind of consultative thing. Like we need to first get these guys actually starting, starting the path of creating their social media accounts and then they can advance them along. So they you know, depending on the type of industry and organization, you're going to see a lot of different variations there. Um, and you may have to take a step back. And, you know, I think the thing that's interesting is I kind of hinted at earlier is there's a, a marketing side of this, but there's also an HR side of this. So yeah. you're starting to see the HR organization saying, we need social employees because it makes our life easier to recruit. And we understand that if the culture we've built internally is strong and good and, you know, in all levels, employees will share that outbound and we want them to do that, which is anti what you used to see in the old social media policies where HR would say, sign this document, you're not going to do anything on social media. Now you're seeing the flip side of that saying, hey, here are the bounds. We actually do want you talking about the business. Share the company party. Share the great, you know, you know, great food selection that we have in our pantry or whatever it may be, but share those benefits so that people want to come work for that business yeah. and you get people coming in the door. I'd love to talk a little bit about just the application it, itself, and uh, sure. and one of the features which I've seen and like most is is this ability for it to kind of rank relationships based on importance to you. How does the application work in terms of being able to help identify those key relationships that perhaps you should be kind of extending and, and working on as a either as an individual or as a or as a business? Sure. So. The application works with, there's some scoring algorithms that work under the hood. Those algorithms work in kind of a long-term score form and then a short-term uh, score. Um, the short-term score is very useful in a, in a business situation where you're just starting to get to know somebody. So if you and I were emailing back and forth to get this podcast set up, that relationship will be identified very quickly within close say, this is a new relationship. It's ramping very quickly because they're responding back and forth very quickly. We understand some level of what the, the type of content going back and forth. We're going to rank this high quickly. So you start to see other things. So for you, I automatically, Close automatically started serving me information from your social media feeds that we could find. So I started seeing things you were tweeting. So I start to get to know what you're interested in. You know, I can see, oh, there's the podcast from David. I can go listen to that. I can prep. I know what's going on. I've got a pretty good picture of the person that I'm getting to know. Close does all that automatically for you. What we also do through this, you know, it's a multi-factor algorithm. So there's multiple factors that go into it so that you can, you know, one of them is how fast you respond. Um, you know, the type of communication, is it instant messaging, is it email? Um, you know, what's the speed, you know, at response? Does it take five days or does it take five minutes? Is it a private conversation or are we just... Are we on Twitter and we're instant messaging back and forth? Or is it I'm CC'd and you've emailed 300 people? Mm. Different type of relationship. Is the content different different between messages or is it always the same? Are you sending long emails to me and me only responding <laughs> with a single, single word back? Or not at all. Yeah. Right? So all the stack factors go into whether somebody is a real relationship or not. And then what we do with the long-term score is that if we get to know each other and we communicate over a long time across a lot of different channels – that score will grow, grow very strong over time, and it will also take a long time to fade. Whereas if you and I do not continue to know each other and not continue to communicate, 
that short-term score I talked about will fade off pretty quickly and you'll fall out of my key people and I may not see you. And what will happen with that is then we'll see, we've got another filter called losing touch and I'll see you in that list where it's, okay, I'm lo- this is my list of people that I'm losing touch with. Here's some content you know, from social media from those people. So maybe there's a reason I can reach out and try to continue to build that relationship or maybe I find something I can, I can react to or send you an email about. Uh, but as a way to more naturally keep those relationships going if you want to. Um, and then, you know, so that's the, that's the basics of the scoring model. We try, not, we try to make it very natural and not kind of have you futzing with levers and scores and trying to manipulate it too much. But when you come in, you should see a pretty good representation of where your relationships are. Um, you know, if an older relationship falls off, the score is still pretty strong. So if they re-engage with you, it'll pop right back into the key people um, you know, pretty quickly. So how else, Alex, can the data be interpreted and, and utilized? You mentioned one, one example there with this kind of losing touch category that would kind of initiate you or, or prompt you perhaps to reconnect with people. Is there any way else that the data can be utilized to really help develop and, and nurture relationships? The data, because it's always changing, you you're constantly kind of in the loop as to what's happening across these relationships. So, you know, what we're finding with a, a number of different users is they kind of, they'll start to organize their various, you know, relationships. And we have the ability to create lists. You can import lists from Facebook and Twitter. But um, within those lists tend to be groups you want to stay in touch with. So it could be customers. It could be prospects. Um, it could be, for my purposes, I, I keep track of bloggers and writers and different, you know, different categories, productivity bloggers or tech media in the U.S., uh, could be local tech writers in our in our town here in Boston. All those different people are saying things all the time. And from a practical perspective, unless you're in front of TweetDeck or Hootsuite all day long, you you never see everything. So what Close does is keep tracks and ranks all the you know all the content in there from all the different people. And so that when you can catch up again, it's all there for you waiting and, and organized in a relationship first perspective. So it doesn't matter what channel they were on or when the tweet or post came in, it's all waiting for you so that as I get off this call and I've, you know, you've been offline, essentially, I can quickly catch up and say, you know, what was happening? What did I miss? In yeah. a couple of clicks across all these different channels, uh, which is your building relationships, obviously, with a customer situation or a prospect situation. If you're in tune to every little thing they're saying, that customer on the other side is going to say, wow, this guy's really on top of this. I'm impressed, right? And so, those little signals that you can make, retweeting something, liking something, commenting, replying, whatever it may be, are all little signals that help you build relationship. And if you don't have a tool to keep track of all of this, it's easy to miss stuff, and, and then you're behind. Um, and that just shapes, you know, shapes how, you're rep- how you look from the outside, which comes back full circle to the what is your personal brand out there on social media. Now, before I ask this uh, next question, I do want to say that I've got plenty of friends who work in public relations so the words that follow are alex's that they're not mine (laughs) alex (laughs) you say that companies should not be engaging pr firms and pr is best done yourself why is that the case ah i have a lot of friends in pr too so they'll uh they'll be they uh (laughs) we, we debate this one so i'm slightly biased by the fact that i've been in um you know essentially startup or later stage startups my entire career so you know you can use an agent. Agencies are great. They do great things. They have incredible networks. They open doors that you may not be able to open on your own. But from my perspective as a startup founder, somebody who's been in, working with startups for a long time, 
you know, cash is king. Um, so spending a lot of money with a PR agent for, you know, PR agency can be a significant investment for a startup mm-hmm. and can be a significant investment for a small company. Given the access we now have through social media and through email and through just understanding what, what writers are interested, the questions they ask through social media, quickly getting to their content, you can do a tremendous amount on your own. And so, you know, you can build those relationships. You can introduce yourself to writers. You can, you know, comment on something that they've written about. They will start to get to know you. And then if you've done right, over time, they will start to reach out to you. So what I, what I recommend is get to know your writers, understand who they are and covering what they're covering in your space, develop those relationships, find them at events, find them in different places. You can cultivate them over a period of time and you can get press. You can get great coverage. I'm not a PR person. I'm not professionally trained. I didn't work at an agency. I didn't do anything like that. But I've gotten a lot of very good press for the companies I've worked for over the years. And I've been quoted in a lot of great publications. But that's because I've built these relationships through these channels that we all have access to now. So it was much, much harder in the old days where you had to do, you know, set up an appointment, do a desk side briefing. And, you know, and you didn't have those channels available to you. They were very much managed you know, in some ways by these agencies who had the phone numbers of the, you know, nobody uses phone numbers anymore. Yeah. Nobody calls, you know, it's all done through email. And, and most writers will say only contact me through email. You know, it's, it, you know, depending on the shape, some of them really like to engage through Twitter. Yeah. You know, tell me, tell me quickly in hundred, my time is precious. 140 characters. Why do you, why does your comment matter? You know, who are you? Why do you, why, why should I care about you? You know, that succinctness is great for press. I mean, I, you know, people talk about the mechanics of a pitch. Short. It's hard. I have trouble doing it, too. But, um, you know, it, it does work very efficiently. And, you know, and so that's why I, I come down to saying, look, if you want, if you want traffic for your, your website, you want traffic for your product, do the press yourself. You can get a significant amount on your own. Yeah. Later as you grow, bring in the agency because you're, you can't, as, a, as an individual, do it all yourself. But... You can do a lot on your own. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd advocate this. I, I mean, I've gotten great success both with just emailing writers and journalists and saying, "Hey, you know, you've, you're you're writing about this topic. I really feel that I could add something great to this, bring more traffic to your website, you know, more exposure to your publication." And these guys having wanted content they're they're really struggling to find stuff and and good people to to comment and and write content for their publications are actually looking out for guys like you or i who probably got something good good to say so it's not actually difficult it's just it all comes down to this building and establishing relationships again right it's it's really not that hard build relationships and be a really good listener and and so you know it's it's knowing who matters in your industry. Boil that down to 20 people at most and, and really listen to them carefully because you'll find signals. You know, and try to be helping not about your business most of the time. And then, they, you know, and then when there is that moment where you have a big launch or you have something else, that then you can engage and say, look, hey, I've got this news. Would you like this news about my company? And if, if they can't cover it, sometimes they'll point you to somebody else in the organization that will. Or, the, or, or they'll work with you on a way to build it in. You know, so once that relationship has been established, you'll find it much, much easier. If you're just going in cold every single time asking them for something, it's you know, it's like a sale, you know, it's like a sales call. It becomes a pitch, you know, a very cold pitch. And yeah. you know, they, they're busy with other stories. Um, you want to be in there kind of in the front of their mind on, on various topics, and that can be done. Uh, you know, it takes time, it's not gonna happen overnight, but you have tremendous access now, and you know, it's essentially free. Right? It's your time you're giving up, but from a Pure business is trying to, you know, make your, you know, like ours, trying to make people aware of your app and, and, you know, get down, get it downloaded and get them to try it out. Those, 
those press hits are, are very, very important to the success of, of an early stage business. So, um, you know, that's why, that's why I, uh, strongly recommend, uh, founders <laughs> and others to, uh, to do their own PR. Yeah. And I guess your app does help with this, right? I mean, the, the ability for it to create groups of people that you can you know, sort of follow and, and engage with probably makes managing that whole process a lot less time consuming than it perhaps could be. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, I, I, uh, as I talked about with David, you know, you should always kind of eat your own dog food, as they say. And so, you know, the product <laughs> very much does that. Um, you know, it, it is a product that's very useful for keeping track of, you know, various, you know, groups of influencers, whether they're media, you know, writers and, and such, or they're bloggers, or it could be just an influential user of your product that, that talks on behalf of you, the, the you know, the, the brand advocate. Um, all of those people are important to the success of the business. So, you know, the more you can listen and engage, the better off you'll be. Um, and it's hard. I mean, you gotta, gotta say, I'm gonna sit down and, and carve out some time to make sure I'm listening. But listening is often half the battle because usually if you find something good to engage with, getting a note back out to them is pretty quick. Yeah. Well, uh, Alex, I think we should get pretty close to wrapping things up there. But I always like to ask the question if, is there any, last parting piece of, of advice that you might have for traffic jam listeners around the, the topics we've been discussing today yeah my, i guess my last two are you know do your pr yourself use a product like clothes to listen listen carefully find it you know keep track of those people who are really important to you and you know use a product like circulate to get the rest of your organization involved because they are your lifeblood they can do tremendous things for you get your employees engaged in social media and you'll reap the rewards Fantastic. And Alex, where do Traffic Jam listeners go to connect with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at, at Alex Cote, or you can find me, uh, I'm regularly blogging at uh, blog.close.com and uh, you'll find lots of good content there too. Awesome. Well, that listeners was Alex Cote from close.com. And of course, you'll find the links to Alex's site, his, his Twitter profile and all the resources he mentioned in today's episode by going to trafficjamcast.com. This week's news in traffic. So first story this week is from TechCrunch.com and it's a story about Gmail. And it's actually quite an interesting one, I think, for us marketers because Google are actually testing a completely different format for the display of email, which initially they're trialing on the Gmail promotions tab. Now, we're all pretty used to that typical list view for email in our inboxes that might have the sender's name and then, of course, the subject line and then perhaps a little snippet of text for the first line of the email. Now, this new format is a grid style format that shows the subject line, the sender and a big giant picture. So completely different to the format that we're used to, but very, very interesting and potentially game changing for us marketers because in the new format, if it is rolled out widely, it will make the image you choose within your email equally as important as the subject line, if not more important. Go check this story out in greater detail on techcrunch.com. Or if you want to trial this new feature yourself in your own Gmail account, you can participate in that test from today. And uh, during the test, you can actually toggle between the old view and the new view for the promotions tab if you don't like the new format. But I kind of like it. It looks pretty cool. And I think in terms of options for us marketers to kind of stand out and get noticed, it will allow for a little bit more creativity 
in our email marketing, which will uh, kind of be a good thing and certainly something I'll be interested to test out myself if it is rolled out to the bigger Gmail audience. The next story I've picked up from marketingland.com is the eagerly anticipated news that promoted pins on Pinterest could be making their debut as soon as next month. Now, with promoted pins, or better known, of course, by the simple terminology, Pinterest ads are going to share the same look and feel, apparently, as organic pins, but with the exception of a promoted pin tag displayed on them. Now, the idea is that with promoted pins, advertisers will be able to reach more of the 70 million active users on the platform than, of course, just their own followers and those that see their followers' repins. So apparently advertisers will have the option to buy ads on a CPM, that's cost per thousand impressions basis, or a CPC cost per click basis. And of course, that will depend on whether you're running your ads for branding or performance orientated campaigns. So I think this is good news, especially for you guys that are in the e-commerce sector. I know a lot of e-commerce marketers getting great success with Pinterest. So the ability to target more people on the platform will be warmly received. A hat tip in the general direction of two listeners I'm very grateful for because they both left five-star Stitcher reviews this week. The first comes from Jeff Brown, who titles his review, I So Need This. He goes on to say, SEO, search, web traffic, all things that make my eyes glaze over. Maybe yours too. Thing is, if you're going to be successful, you've got to have an understanding of how it all works. Enter James Reynolds and Traffic Jam. James makes the learning process fun and entertaining. I'm enjoying for the first time learning about these topics. And that's from Jeff Brown, who's the host of the Read to Lead podcast, which on a side note, I do recommend you check out excellent guests, including some ex-Traffic Jam guests like Chris Brogan. So go check out Jeff's podcast. Well worth a listen. The second five-star review comes from American Jim, who says, Great information. This podcast offers a wealth of information that you'll probably pay for with a marketing company. Looking to market your business, product, or yourself online, this is definitely a tool that you should utilize. So thank you to American Jim. I would be truly grateful if you too leave a review for the show because it really is the best way that you can support Traffic Jam. And just like Jeff and Jim, I'll make sure that you get a bit of a shout out on an upcoming show. The one minute traffic tip. Okay, so over 30 episodes into a traffic podcast, I do believe today's tip is the first time I've actually shared a one minute traffic tip related to podcasting. Now, much of a podcast's audience on iTunes will be gained from listeners searching within iTunes itself. Now, iTunes is essentially a search engine, so it does kind of make sense to do a little iTunes SEO. Now, the approach to optimizing your podcast is much like optimizing your website. Select popular keywords relevant to your podcast and include those keywords in your show title and your show description. Now, of course, you should avoid stuffing keywords in whichever way you can. However, where you can include them naturally, you should include keywords if possible. Now, the keywords that you may want to consider are the topics you cover on your show, 
But also, if you have an interview-style show just like mine, you can also include the names of your most well-known guests. So there you go, a real quick tip to optimizing your show for iTunes so you get higher rankings within the iTunes search results. So that pretty much brings episode number 32 of Traffic Jam to a close. You can get the show notes and all of the resources mentioned on this episode by going to trafficjamcast.com and then, of course, locating the individual show page for episode number 32. Now, to play out this week's episode, we've got a track from 1991 off the debut album called 10, and it's by Pearl Jam. The track's called Jeremy, and of course, it's chosen by my guest this week, Alex Cote. And I absolutely love this track. Great choice. I hope you enjoy it just as much as I do, listeners, and I'll see you back here in about seven days from now. Of mountaintops With him on top Lemon yellow sun Arms raising and feet And the deadly In pools of maroon below Daddy didn't give attention Oh, to the fact that
You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.